All right, guys, happy Friday. Today is Good Friday, and I am so excited to celebrate this, I want to say holiday, but it's not really a holiday. I know Easter is, like, with people, Uh, but I'm excited to celebrate what the meaning of this is. Um, I'm not going to go into details, though, of what Good Friday is. And the reason why I don't want to go over it is because we've done a few episodes in the past about it. And um, we've talked about like the seven last statements that Jesus said on the cross. And we talked about what the importance of the cross is. And we've talked about why it's called Good Friday. And I feel like um, in the last couple episodes, I highlighted a few events that happened on Friday or prior to Friday. And today I want to continue with the same thing. Um, we usually do a Friday prayer wave. So please stay tuned because this is episode 184. I'm going to be talking about Good Friday and something in particular that is going to be in relation to Easter as well. And then following up as of today, um, the 15th of April, I'm going to have another episode that's going to be episode 185. And that's going to be our regular Friday prayer wave. So I'm going to be giving you guys two episodes today. That's how special it is. That's how excited I am. And um, and we're about to go ahead. We're going to read lots of scripture. And if this is the first time that you're hearing a remix um movement episode, I want to say thank you for tuning in. If this is something that you guys have been looking forward to i want to say welcome back but i want to shed some light on the words that jesus says all right and one of the things that he is saying and he says time and time again to his disciples to the council to the people who arrest him and to everybody is uh quote unquote i'll be back all right that's me paraphrasing he doesn't say i'll be back but he basically says like in in his own way I'm going to be returning. I'm going to be coming back. I'm going to be risen. I'm going to be, uh, you know, your savior. I'm going to rise again. And he continues to talk about how he is going to be back. And when he says these words, these words are actually words of victory, which also is a reflection of why we say Good Friday. Because you know what? Good Friday may be the day that You know, he suffered and he died on the cross. But you know what? It's a good Friday because Jesus remains our savior, our redeemer, our Messiah, our king of kings. He died on the cross so that we can be free from our sin and our shame forever. And it was a good Friday. Yes, it was sad. And in that moment, it was terrifying. But you know what? He said before he got on the cross that he would be back that he would rise again, and that victory shall be his. So I want to go into the context and explain these different areas so that you understand that if Jesus said it, then he would do it. Whatever Jesus says, he will complete it, all right? So we're talking about the victory behind the statement or behind the words he says, I'll be back, all right? So the first one is going to be in Matthew chapter 24, and I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 13 just to begin, okay? And if you're reading from the uh, New Living Translation, which is what I'm reading from, you're going to see that the title of this chapter is Jesus Foretells the Future, all right? Um, so this means these are the words he says before he gets on the cross, before he goes to Mount Olive, uh, before he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, before he gets on the cross. Jesus is now telling his disciples about the future, all right? 
It says, as Jesus was leaving the temple grounds, his disciples pointed out to the various temple buildings. But he responded, do you see all these buildings? I tell you the truth. They will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, tell us, what will, when will all this happen? What sign will signal your return and the end of the world, all right? What does this mean? This means that the disciples heard what Jesus was saying, and they wanted to get a better understanding. They wanted to know particularly, like, why are you saying that these temples are going to be, you know, demolished? Like, when exactly is this going to happen? How can we prepare ourselves, all right? Verse 4, it says, Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah, and they will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and the kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all this is only the first part of birth pains with more to come. Now, I want to stop and I want you guys to reflect on this, okay? Jesus is saying that there are going to be wars. Jesus is saying that there are going to be earthquakes. Jesus is saying, listen, when you see these things, this is the time for you to know that, you know, the end is about to come. And now in the world that we're living in, there's lots of war going on. Okay. Um, there's lots of panic for people who don't know Christ. There's lots of worry. There's lots of news every single day. There's something new. And we have heard of a lot of earthquakes. I know that in 2020, right before the pandemic, there are lots of earthquakes all over the place, including Puerto Rico. But this is something where God is saying you have to be on alert. You have to understand that this is just the beginning. Okay. Then verse nine, he says, then you will be arrested, persecuted and killed. He's telling this to his disciples. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers and many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere and love and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and the end will come. So this is basically uh, a little bit of a good news. You can say God is not going to come until the whole world has heard the name of Jesus, until the whole world knows about what God is doing, until the whole world understands that Jesus came to save us. All right. But until that day comes, we have to be on high alert. We have to prepare ourselves. We have to keep reading the word of God. We have to keep seeking God. We have to make sure that we are following him, that we are being sanctified and that we are being different. All right. We are. This is how we prepare ourselves for when Jesus is about to end the world. But yet he is also saying, but I'm going to be coming back. All right. Verse 26. I want to jump to 26. And it says, so if someone tells you, look, the Messiah is out in the desert. Don't bother to go and look. Or look, he is hiding there. Don't believe it. For as a lightning flash in the east and shines to the west, so it will be when the Son of Man, that's Jesus, comes. Just as the gathering of vultures show, there is a carcass nearby. So these signs indicate the end is near. Immediately after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, the stars will fall from the sky, 
the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then at last, the sign of the Son of Man is coming, will appear in the heavens. There will be a deep mourning among all the people of the earth, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. So this means that the Son of Man is going to be in heaven, all right? He might die, but he's going to end up being resurrected again. He's going to be seated on the throne, um, seated on the second hand, right next to God, all right? But then he's going to be coming down to earth again. Where did I stop at? Um, verse 36. Actually, no, I'll do 31. Um, and he will send out his angels in the mighty blast of a trumpet, and they will gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. 36. However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the son himself. Only the father knows. Only God knows when Jesus is going to come back. Verse 37. When the son of man returns, it will be like in the in Noah's days, in those days before the flood, the people were joining banquets and partying and wedding right up to the time that Noah entered his boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. That's the way it's going to be when the Son of Man comes. All right. So nobody knows when it's going to happen. Only God knows it's going to happen. But what we can be excited for is that when it does happen, all right, God is going to be preparing himself, and we have to be ready here on earth so that we can be able to ascend to heaven, all right? I want to jump into the Last Supper, which can be found in Matthew chapter 26, because when he's having the Last Supper with his disciples, he also goes ahead and he mentions the fact that he's going to be returning, the fact that the Son of Man is going to be coming back, all right? He, he kind of gives us a look into the Holy Communion, which is the last time he sits down with all of his disciples, including Judas, who ends up betraying him, all right? But he also gives us a glimpse of the future. Jesus knows everything because he's connected to his father. And the father God had a plan for everything. But victory remains at the back of everything he says, all right? So the Last Supper, I'm reading uh, Matthew chapter 26, verse 17. And it says, On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to prepare the Passover meal for you? And as you go into... As you go into the city, he told them, you will see a certain man. Tell him, the teacher says, my time has come, and I will eat the Passover meal with my disciples at the house. So the disciples did as Jesus told them and prepared the Passover meal there. When it was evening, Jesus sat down at the table with the 12 disciples. While they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth. One more time, I tell you the truth. That's kind of like Jesus' way of saying, like, Pay attention and listen to me because what I'm about to say after this is important. What I'm about to say is not a lie. I tell you the truth. One of you will betray me. Verse 22. Greatly distressed, each one asked in turn, am I the one Lord? He replied, one of you has just eaten from this bowl with me will betray me. All right. Jesus knows everything. Verse 24, for the son of man must die 
as the scripture declared long ago. But how terrible it would be for the one who betrays me. It would be far better for that man if he had never been born. Yet there was a plan for him to be born because Jesus needed to die on the cross. So somebody needed to go ahead and betray him. Judas, the one who would betray him, asked, also asked, Rabbi, am I the one? And Jesus told him, you have said it. As they were eating, Jesus, told, uh, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, take this and eat it, for this is my body. And if he took a cup of wine, and he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Mark my words, almost like I tell you the truth. I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. Then they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olive. So here he's basically saying, listen, this is like a parable of what's about to happen. Okay, you're eating this bread because my body's going to be broken the same way I'm breaking this bread. I'm passing it to you. All right. And then he says, I want you to drink this um, wine, which is a reflection of my blood that's going to be shed on that cross. All right. But he goes on and he says, but don't worry. All right. I um, my time has come. Scripture has to do what it's declared. This is a sacrifice. This is a covenant. And I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it anew in my father's kingdom. So he will come back. He will be hurt. He will be put to a lot of stress. He will be beaten. He will go through everything so that we can be saved from our sins. He will die. And then after that, he will rise again. He will go back to the, uh, God, his father in heaven. He will be seated on the right hand of him. And he will drink his wine and enjoy his life there until he comes back again. All of this is a picture of beauty, um, of victory, and, and what our lives are supposed to be reflection of. Like, if you're a Christian, when you come to Christ, you have to recognize that this is the reality of what happened. This is where your foundation comes from. We needed our Savior to die for us. We needed God to love us so much that he made this sacrifice, all right? And we have to believe that during this time that we celebrate Easter, that it was a good Friday. It was a very sad day for those. But you know what? Now that we have this scripture and we can go back to the Bible, we can actually realize that it was all done out of love and there was a purpose for it and that it was victory. That Jesus kept saying, I'll be back. Yes, the scripture says the prophecy will be done, but I will be back. So the last scripture I want to go ahead and read is Jesus before council. And this is basically after he's arrested, after he uh, is betrayed by Judas. This is going to be found Matthew 26. And I'm going to jump into verse 57. 57. Then the people who had arrested Jesus led him to the home of, I'm going to butcher this name, uh, Cephas. Oh, my God, these names are so hard. Um, the high priest, where the teachers of religious law and the elders had gathered. Meanwhile, Peter followed him at a distance, and he came at the high priest's courtyard. He went in and sat with the guards and waited to see how it would end. 
I'm going to jump to verse 62. Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, why aren't you going to answer these charges? What do you have to say for yourself? But Jesus remained silent. Then the high priest said to him, I demand in the name of the living God, tell us if you are the Messiah, the son of, tell us if you are the Messiah, the son of God. Jesus replied, you have said it. And in the future, you will see the son of man seated in the place of power at God's right hand and coming on the clouds of heaven. Obviously, after that, the priest was not happy. All right. But in this passage, you can tell that Jesus wasn't ashamed to tell everybody what was going to happen. Jesus kept his composure. Jesus stayed silent. And the moment that they said, tell us in the name of the living God that they also believed in, which is, they believe in God, but they don't believe in the son of God. Tell us in the name of the living God that you are the son of man. And he goes ahead and he says, yep, you said it. Same thing he did with Judas. Am I the one who's going to betray you? Yep, you said it. See, what happens is, is that sometimes it doesn't take a lot for Jesus to go ahead and say, what you said is what I said. And because you said it, now you got to believe it because it's the truth. Sometimes we go through situations, we go through things, and we second guess ourselves and we ask our questions and we doubt our faith. And for one moment, we say something that was said to us before or that God said to us and it's hard for us to believe or, or something. And we say it out loud and Jesus is right there after he was all quiet. And he says, yep, you said it. I'm telling you guys, sometimes I feel like that happens with me and it encourages me. Like, yes, we go through times where we have doubt. We go through times where it is difficult. We go through times where we spit out nonsense, right? We get emotional and we say things. And sometimes the things that were once said to us before, during a moment of prophecy, during a moment of intimacy with Christ, during something that was actually a reflection of what the truth is, we say it and Jesus is there to say, yep, you said it, that's the truth. And in this instance, that's exactly what's happening. So we need to be bold and we need to understand if Jesus said it, he will do it. If Jesus said it will come to completion, it will come to completion. Victory was said, and that's why we celebrate it. Victory was said the whole time. The whole time that the disciples are going through the Last Supper, the whole time that they were having this private conversation with Jesus about the future, the end of times, and when he was going to come back, yes, Jesus said, I'll be back. And that is something that we can rejoice in. That is something that we can take hold of. And that is something we need to carry on even after Easter. Easter is not just one time that we celebrate it, but this is something that should be constant all the time. Even when we celebrate Christmas, the birth of Jesus, there is a sense of victory in there. When we say the name of Jesus, Jesus is victory. Jesus is power. Jesus is the notion, the person, the person that allows us to be able to experience things that will get us closer to the Father. Jesus is the person that saves us and gives us wisdom and allows us to recognize the powerful presence of God. So there's victory behind those words, I'll be back. So I hope that this is something that you guys can reflect on and this is something that you guys can go back to. But I really do hope that on this Friday, this good Friday, that you come to recognize that victory is here. Not that victory had happened 2,000 years ago only, but that victory is here, that Jesus is here, that Jesus is 
with you, that Jesus is going to help you, that Jesus has the power to, to awaken your spirit, to give you passion, to help you get through your healing, to give you the revelation you've been asking for, to give you that breakthrough. I'll be back. And even if you did make a mistake, even if you did backstep, even if you did have an issue and maybe you're not at the same place you were before, Good Friday is a perfect time for you to really get to know Jesus one more time, for you to fall back in love with who Jesus is, for you to be able to say, you know what, God, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. This Good Friday, I want to change. I want to seek you. I want to repent. I don't want to do the same things I did before. I want to see the victory now. And I do pray and I hope that you guys can really um, get closer to God and that Good Friday this year will be one for you to remember forever. So stay tuned. This is the end of episode 184, but I'm coming right back with episode 185 so we can do our Friday Prayer Wave 25.0. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Remix Movement for more updates. Be sure to check out our videos on YouTube and subscribe. Feel free to send us a DM with your feedback, questions, and any topics that you would like to hear in any of our future episodes. Thank you and God bless.